Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. My full name's James Orville Burke. Well, over the years, I, I, people refer to me just by initials. JB is probably the one that most everybody would be familiar with. February 21, 1949. And where were you born? I was born in Vancouver, British Columbia. My dad was working out there uh, in 49, but we moved to Calgary in 1953, and I did all my schooling here in Calgary. So. And where, where do you currently live? Well, I live in Calgary again, but I've had quite a career of, uh, since I started work and left university, of traveling to many locations in Western Canada. So, I, but I've been in Calgary now since about 1991. And what would be the main community you were involved in lacrosse with, you know, if you're going to pick one? Well, I probably where I started, you know, was the one that's the nearest and dearest to me, which is North Glenora in Edmonton. We had no lacrosse in Alberta back in the 50s and 60s, obviously. And uh, I, I uh, began my university in uh, University of Calgary with my folks here, and I was living at home. And my dad got transferred, he was in the life insurance business, got transferred to Ancaster, Ontario. So at the end of the school year, I needed to get a job, I needed to save some money, so I went, went down to Ancaster and got a job in the construction uh, field down there while I was uh, going to work through the summer and uh, the OLA at that time was having a once a week senior game on TV. I don't know whether it was Friday or Saturday night but my brother who's about five years younger than I and quite interested we would be glued to watching these these lacrosse games we'd never seen anything quite like it and uh, we watched these games and the two of us said well boy if we're ever anywhere where they're playing that game we should think about playing it and lo and behold, in the next year, my dad got transferred to Edmonton. Again, in the summertime, I went to Edmonton to, uh, to try and make some money and live at home, save some money to come back to school. And uh, they were having lacrosse registrations, my younger brother told me, at this arena. Let's go down. So the two of us went down. That's how we got started. Do you have any uh, family members that are involved in the game now or ha have been involved? You know, that, that's a good story. My, my father was a, was a football player, and he played actually for the Ottawa Rough Riders. And his mother kept quite a large scrapbook of many, many articles over the years that he had when he played football. But some of the articles she had earlier referred to my grandfather, who I never met, who was Jim Burke also, and played long stick or defense for the Ottawa field lacrosse team. And I have an article from 1911, actually, oh, really? a, a write-up of a game in 1911 that was, you know, was in the Ottawa paper where he's mentioned fairly predominantly. And I understand a fairly good lacrosse player. That was my only connection, really, with the sport in our family. What type of work uh, did you do outside of lacrosse? Well, when I graduated from university, I got a job in the finance industry. And 
I worked in that for about 13 years and eventually made my way into the banking industry and spent the majority of my career really in the banking industry itself. But during the finance time period, transferred around quite a bit. My poor wife was dragged from city to city, slowed down when I was in the banking career. Basically, my banking career was either Edmonton or Calgary, but I went back and forth a couple times. Maybe you could mention a few of the organizations and positions you held uh, over the course of your lacrosse career. Well, I held a lot of positions uh, over the course of the career, uh, obviously involved in coaching, and I've probably coached at every level in Alberta from senior to uh, tight novice over the years. Uh, organizationally, president of the Alberta Lacrosse Association, uh, active in the local uh, associations, be it Calgary or Edmonton, uh, president of the Canadian Lacrosse Association for four years, on the board of the Canadian Lacrosse Association for probably 20 years all told, and uh, have been chairman now of the Canadian Lacrosse Foundation since 2007, so for 12 years there. What were uh, a few memorable moments, either as a player, coach, or management? Well, I think, I think if we go back to the very start, I started playing in uh, North Glenora Blues uh, in 1968. Uh, I'd never played before. The program had only started in Alberta in 1966, and it started because of the first Canada Games that lacrosse was going to be invited to play in, and each province had to have a team to play in there. So, uh, you know, a midget hockey team in North Glenora, community, a guy came in by the name of John Taylor, very beloved in the North Glenora lacrosse area, and said, boys, we're putting a lacrosse team together this summer, you're all playing on it, and we're going to go to the Canada Games in three years. And it started that way from scratch, and uh, it was a great, fantastic experience for me. Although I didn't live in North Glenora when I joined the team, I'm sure many other lacrosse communities are like this, but you would walk down a street, there'd be three boys in this house and four next door and one next door, and they're all lacrosse players. Everybody in the community played lacrosse. They had a, an outdoor rink there that no pavement, no lights, no anything, but was full all the time with kids playing lacrosse. It was a spectacular experience for us to meet people and greet people and play lacrosse, learn a sport that we'd never ever played before. So we, we got our team got to the 69 Canada Games, which was great. We had a very dominant lacrosse program in the province at that time. In subsequent years, 73 and 77, we also sent teams out of North Glenora to the Canada Games, which was a pretty good accomplishment. And so we're 50 years later this year from the time of the first Canada Games. Our group still gets together in Edmonton once a year for a bit of a celebration. We'll get 40 people out from basically the 69, the 73, or the 77 teams. And you get a chance to catch up with these people that, in my case, I only see basically once a year. But that group's been going 47 straight years of having this little uh, uh, function every year where they get together with, uh, with, with all the rest of the guys. It's just it's been a spectacular, lifelong uh, friendship that I've developed with all these people. Outside of lacrosse, what are some significant life achievements if you're thinking back over your work and family and things like well, that? Well, you know, I, 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 from the lacrosse point of view, there was, there's been some great, uh, you know, I won the Jim McFall Award in Alberta, which is for the 
volunteer, you know, recognized in Alberta for a year. I won the uh, Lester B. Pearson at the CLA for volunteerism uh, there. Uh, you know, I've got the Queen Elizabeth Medal for lacrosse, which was given out in Alberta here to a number of people, uh, uh, in Canada rather, to a number of people. Uh, you know, I've won city awards and those sorts of things all about lacrosse. From work, your work is just, just the satisfaction you get from doing a good job, from developing people and growing your business. And we had, we, we had many good times there too. Maybe you can tell us about uh, is it the Jim McFall Award, like what, just the history of that. The Jim McFall Award is, uh, is right here behind me. It's a replica of a, of a native player. Uh, Jim McFall was a member of our 1969 Canada Games team and a really good player uh, as a junior player who went on to become a really good referee. Uh, didn't play too much senior lacrosse, but primarily entered the refereeing field. And uh, in 1978, Edmonton held the Commonwealth Games and they had lacrosse in the Commonwealth Games. And Jim was a co-chair of the committee that was putting lacrosse together in the Commonwealth Games. And before the game started in 78, I think, Jim went on a vacation and picked up some sort of a mysterious bug somewhere and passed away at a very young age. And the company he worked for at the time was Dominion Construction, and they, they commissioned an artist to create a bronze trophy, uh, which was to be given out annually to the volunteer in Alberta who, who had contributed the most to the growth of lacrosse and uh, sportsmanship and development of, in, of youth and things. And um, it has been given out continuously since that date, since it was presented to the uh, uh, Alberta Lacrosse Association. And it sits in a, in a, resi in a city uh, location in Edmonton uh, on display there. And each of the recipients get a uh, replica. And this is a replica of the uh, trophy. The actual trophy is probably twice that size, three times that size, and solid bronze. But uh, it, it, it's an attractive piece of art, definitely. Tell, tell us what was unique about the game when you played and would be of interest to lacrosse enthusiasts today. Well... If you ask some of the old timers, they said, well, we played when there were no rules, which is not really the case, but I'm sure the rule book was probably quite a bit smaller then than it is now. The first year that I played was the first year they brought uh, mouth facial protection in. So we used to wear these mouth guards that covered our, our face. That was it. Nothing to cover here. Put a hockey helmet on in this mouth guard. So over the years, that, of course, has changed quite a bit. The protection has, has changed. The pads were the old hockey gloves that came up to here and basically goalie shoulder pads that you'd put on with the big arm things and you'd put, you know, protection on the side. You'd start your, your game weighing 180 pounds and you'd end weighing about 195 pounds because you'd have about 15 pounds of sweat <laughs> soaked up in these old pads. The game has changed quite a bit from an equipment standpoint and, uh, uh, and obviously the skill levels come way up. The introduction of the plastic sticks uh, made the ability for younger kids to learn to catch and throw easier. And there's less maintenance on the stick required. So that, that I think was a boon to try and get more people into the game. And the skills have come way up from what I used to see when, when I was uh, much younger. Now, you, you came in through box lacrosse, but you got very involved in field lacrosse, right? How did all that happen? 
you know, Jim, as you're well aware, in 78, Canada won the, uh, the world championship for field lacrosse, and that, that created quite a bit of interest in the lacrosse community. And I would say around 1982, Don Berry came to Edmonton, and we put together a clinic for field lacrosse to try to learn how to play field lacrosse, which of course is, was a much different game than what we were used to. And uh, you know, there was the contact was different, the field was different, the, the size of the net was different. So we had a bunch of guys, probably 20 or 30 guys, come to this camp in, in Edmonton. Don put it on, I think, for a couple of days. And at that time, we had some friends out in Vancouver who were playing in, a, they called it the Pacific Northwest Lacrosse Association, PNLA. And they had this great tournament in the spring every year in Portland, Oregon. The real attraction for us in the great, this great tournament was they had 40 kegs of beer <laughs> on the field for the finals that was part of your entry fee. But we decided we'd put a team together and go to Portland, which is no easy feat. And we drove to Vancouver, spent a night in Vancouver out in the town, and get up the next day and drove to Portland, played on Saturday and Sunday, watched the finals on Sunday, and then drove back to, to Edmonton. And uh, it's a long drive, it was, it was, but we had a ball. And we did that every year. That was, for the first two or three years, that was our lacrosse experience, field lacrosse experience a once a year tournament in Portland, Oregon. And I'm gonna say around the mid 80s, the CLA brought out men's field national championships. So the first one I believe was in Victoria. Victoria had a great team then. Yeah. Had a lot of guys on the national team that were living in Victoria. And so we went out there, uh, Manitoba, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and uh, Ontario came to to BC to play and that was our first real Canadian championship that we played in and we quickly realized that we we were not going to get any better playing one game a year. So between Al Lusick in Saskatchewan and uh, Kevin Hall in Regina, Al was in Saskatoon, and the guys from, from uh, Winnipeg, Joey Harris and his group down there we decided we put a little prairie field lacrosse league together on a very low key basis. Basically, every city, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatoon, Regina, and Winnipeg would host a tournament in the summer. The commitment was that all the teams would come into the Saskatchewan tournaments because they're in the middle. It was optional whether you were gonna go to Winnipeg or Winnipeg was gonna come back because that's about a 14 hour drive. And no one could afford to fly back then. So we ran that for probably three or four years, five years, had a great time with it, and got a, it gave us a chance to play more games, you know, all the time. We'd go and play our little round-robin short game, and then we'd play a longer sort of final game on the Sunday, and then get in the car and drive back. It's a lot of dedication by the players and a lot of, a lot of work to do to make it happen. But all the provinces, that's how the Prairie provinces really improved their field lacrosse game. And, I think Edmonton, Alberta, and, and BC were ahead of Saskatchewan at that time. Saskatchewan came along very quickly and uh, developed their game in the, in the field, first of all. I'm sure Al will mention that in his, uh, his broadcast. But uh, they, they really developed their game to a field game, and they, they eventually they passed us in terms of, of our ability to play the game. 
made the games much more difficult for us. So, Where do you see lacrosse going in the future? It's gone so far in 50 years. And we're yeah, you know, we have, to, we have to understand, I think, that, it, that it's a very minor sport right now. It's a niche sport. There's 80,000 probably players in Canada right now. I don't know the exact number. You know, this game, if it wants to be considered at a, a higher profile, has got to grow. And that takes work in every province across Canada. There's lots of work being done, but there's lots to do. I think all sports are trying to understand how, how do we get the, the first generation of immigrants into playing the game. There's a whole population base out there that have never seen the game of lacrosse. And how do we get that exposed to them? The Pro League has definitely helped, particularly in the cities that it's active in. But, you know, being able to have that on a national sort of TV contract or something would really help too. There's just a lot of work to be done for the growth of the game. I mean, I think the, great, the, the game is very solid in its current state. I, do, I don't see it dying, but it has real challenges to grow, and that's what I think we have to really work on. Do you think the possibility of the Olympics in you know, 12 or so years uh, could be a big factor for it? I think it has a potential to be a big factor. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not that clear on exactly the state that it's, that it's going to take or how it's going to look. You know, there's the na in the World Championships, there's really three or four groups that play a good level of lacrosse. So they're going to obviously have to tier it in the Olympics somehow. Otherwise, you're going to get very strong teams playing much weaker teams. But as it develops, I think it definitely has the potential to really help grow the game worldwide. But uh, it'll depend on, on how, they develop the, uh, how they develop the program. You know, you look at, uh, I was very impressed with Rugby Sevens last year, last Olympics. It cap captivated me and I could watch it. It was, what, 14 minutes long or something. The games happen quickly. They're all action. You know, they adapted their game so that it would fit the Olympics. I don't know that we have, will, or can. I'm sure it's in discussion or in development, but I haven't seen it yet, so. I want to work off your resume a little bit here, lacrosse, sure. and yeah. look at a few areas. and. You know, it, recently Sohan Gill passed away, uh, and he was a big builder of the game out in British Columbia. I know we were hoping to get him in Legends yeah. of Lacrosse, but he wasn't able to do it. But talk about your time out there and your time with Sohan and sure. that sort of thing. Sure. Well, as I say, I started in North Glenora with uh, John Taylor in North Glenora, and a guy by the name of George Gamble in Metal Arc. They were the two big guys that started us in Edmonton. And after playing in, in uh, Playing in Alberta, I went and played actually one year senior B, or rather junior B in Ontario. Came back to Alberta for a year and then moved, all because of jobs, moved out to uh, Vancouver. Wanted to play lacrosse there, living in Burnaby, so I played for the Burnaby senior B team and Soen was a coach. Soen's a, he's a legend in BC and it's a, it's a shame he passed away. And, uh, but but it, it began a lifelong real uh, relationship between myself and so on. I saw him many years later in the CLA, worked with him in the CLA, and uh, worked to, uh, convening national championships with him. Uh, just a great guy, and and uh, really really enjoyed him. And so on coached me for five years out there in senior B, and 
it was a fledgling little league. It had been around for a long time, but it, you know, when you, some years we had four teams, some years we only had three teams. But uh, but we got, we all got our fill of lacrosse in the summer, and uh, and he was a he was a big part of uh, the enjoyment that I that I got from playing out there. When you were really coaching a lot at the youth level in in St. Albert, Alberta, uh, you. You coached uh, like almost every age level, and uh, sometimes three teams at a time. Huh? Well, yeah, you you must have been a fanatic for the game. Uh, well, we had two young kids that were playing, uh, a son and a daughter who were both playing, and uh, you know, this is a smaller was a smaller town back then. There wasn't a lot of people that were volunteering that had any knowledge of the game of lacrosse. Um, we had the city gave us the arena and gave us a key. So I had the key, so I would go over and open the arena up at uh, you know, 5.30 at night, and go back over and shut it down after the last game and, and lock it up. And the cleaning staff would be the city staff they'd be in during the day. So we were there almost all the time anyway. So we started a tight novice team. There was no coaches there. So I talked my wife into helping me and we, we started working with the little wee kids and had just a ball doing that. And then, uh, you know, the senior team, you know, needed a coach and they phoned me and said, hey, could you come and coach? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And it just, you know, one thing led to another, really, so. You, you know, you received a, a number of awards over your lacrosse career for your, your dedication and volunteerism and the Lester Pearson Awards, as high as it gets here in Canada. And, you know, what, what do you think about that and what, what things contributed to you re receiving that? Well, you know, outside of, uh, of getting into the Hall of Fame, I'd say that the, the Lester B. Pearson was probably one of the most rewarding uh, awards that I had. Um, you know, it, it, it is not given out every year. Uh, so, so you have to earn that, that award by your peers have to decide that you've earned the award. Uh, I had put a, a lot of work in, as you can see by the resume there, a lot of time, a lot of effort. I enjoyed every minute of it, and you never ever go into anything like this expecting or hoping to win an award. It just happens, and it happens later in your career when you, uh, you know, you can really appreciate it a little bit more because you're not buried in the work that you're trying to do. By then, you start to slow down a little bit. So, yeah, it was a very nice award, beautiful plaque. And uh, what what year were you inducted into the? Uh Canadian Hall. 2008 into the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame as a builder and uh, that was a, that was a thrill too and I've managed to get back to quite a few dinners since then and uh, you know I don't know the exact numbers but you know there's 500 people sort of in the Hall of Fame that's all so when you think of how many people have played the game over all the years to be one of 500 is pretty special and I, I'm pretty proud of that. Would, wouldn't be uh, right if we didn't talk about the Canadian Lacrosse Foundation. And, you know, it's such a, uh, an entity that's seen a lot of different forms over the years and started in 1996, I think. Uh, so yep. were you involved from 96 onward? In the years 86 to 99, Bill Hutton was the chair of the Canadian Lacrosse Association. And in that time period, the great Jim Bishop passed away, and the Bishop family donated some money to the Canadian Lacrosse Association to have an award given out in Jim Bishop's name. 
And so uh, Bill Hutton decided that that should maybe fall under a foundation as opposed to the operations of the CLA. So he proposed that we started the, the Canadian Lacrosse Foundation, which we did in about 1996. And basically the, the thing that they did right off the bat was try to put their arms around this money that the Bishop family had given and how we would, how we would spend that money in order to reward. And we came up with an idea to have a competition with indigenous artists about, uh, and they would, they would prepare art pieces for us, uh, uh, an interpretation of the game of lacrosse, a lacrosse-themed piece of art. We would look at the submissions that were made every year, select the one, uh, create a number print, a number of numbered prints for them, and posters, which we would sell, and we would give the original piece of art to the winner of the, uh, at, the at the Minto Cup. Uh, this was the player that, that uh, most sportsmen, most sportsmen like uh, uh, leadership and ability. Those were the three categories that they were in. So we've then started, it was a, it was a not, not an onerous job, but it was, it was a, a bit of a longer phase program because you had to get the art submissions in, you had to make the decision on the art, you had to get the prints done, and you had to make the presentation at the Minto Cup. So it, it, it was a... Uh, it was an onerous, a bit of an onerous thing, especially for an all-volunteer board. We did that through till about uh, 2008, I'm going to say, somewhere in there. And we decided that we were having trouble getting artists responding to the uh, request for prints. And we had a ton of prints that we were having difficulty selling because how many people can, you know, buy a new print every year? and put it up in their house, you run out of space in your house. And, and so we decided we'd switch at that time and we, we commenced a competition or a call to go to various artists in North America and uh, to get a replica statue similar to this that we could get, that we would put into the Hall of Fame and we would get, uh, or get an original statue and then we'd get replicas that we would hand out. So we've been doing that since about 2009 or 2010, somewhere that. We found an artist in uh, Utah, commissioned a beautiful piece of art for us. It sits in the Hall of Fame. If people ever get there, they, they definitely want to look that, that statue up. It's beautiful. And uh, we give out replicas. We've been giving them out now for almost 10 years. And uh, it's awarded at the Hall, it's at, at the Minto Cup, in addition to the MVP award. This, this is a second award that's given out to an individual player. So it's been very successful and I think very well received. And the foundation in recent years has been able to fund <coughs> various projects that are meaningful that would not be able to be done uh, by the normal channels. Yeah. And uh, that's been pretty gratifying. Uh. Yeah, it has. We have, uh, we have a s uh, amount of money that we invest. Uh, it's grown over the years. We've been able then to generate uh, dividend interest and interest income off of it. Dividend rather than interest income off of it. And uh, we have to spend X amount of dollars as a charitable foundation every year. So we've been then accepting sort of applications for people uh, who are looking for money with a lacrosse background. And, and our foundation can do four things really right now with our money. 
is we can use it to expand the knowledge of the public on the game of lacrosse in Canada. We can use it to uh, is, you know, present educational courses for coaches and officials in the game of lacrosse. We can use it to uh, assist in programs for minorities, at-risk youth, indigenous youth, etc. And we can use it, uh, we can give it to any other uh, approved charitable foundation in Canada as a donation there if, if we so like. So we've been giving that money out now I'd say for six years, maybe seven years. Our, the primary benefactor for us has been the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. You know, we've given them some money to assist them in making the move from their old facility to their new facility and covering some of their operating costs. But over and above that, we've, you know, we've provided some seed money to Manitoba. They wanted to, to put together a Hall of Fame for themselves, and they have a long history of lacrosse in Manitoba. We've provided some seed money there. We've given some money to the Ontario Lacrosse Hall of Fame. We've given money, uh, we've done a number of uh, projects that we contract to the CLA, charitable activities that fall within those objectives that we have, uh, you know, providing money to the, through the CLA to the Indigenous Development Committee, um, any number of sort of projects that we've done over the years, uh, uh, lacrosse fits programs, things like that, that we've been able to fund through the foundation that that hasn't required or wouldn't be available maybe through the general lacrosse community or through the Canadian Lacrosse Association. So it's a lot of gratification there. We have a wonderful board, um, good guys that are really interested in just doing what's right for lacrosse and uh, give lots of uh, thought to the various projects that come into us and make a decision and carry out our funding every year. So yeah, I'm very, very pleased with that. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.